You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, and somebody else who might not have the role they initially thought they may have because of Matt Patra is Charlie Coyle. And I think he played like a man who had something to prove tonight in Madison Square Garden as well. He had the power play goal, uh, out-muscling Adam Fox in front, which, you know, Coyle versus Fox, you're going to imagine that's going to be the case. But uh, stick on the ice, big body in front. And then, you know, got a little bit of a love tap from behind from Jimmy Vesey and decided to, you know, take matters into his own hand and kind of just have a little scuffle, which isn't necessarily Charlie Coyle's MO. Like, he's not the type of person to necessarily just, like, not like a hit and I just dropped the gloves. Like clearly there's, there's a little added edge there for him tonight. And I don't know if they had, do they have history? Do they have history in college or something? Like, no, I think, I think they, they skate together in the class. summer. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like it felt like there was a little extra. I mean, t- they said there was a triple minor, like coil, even though he, he did get kind of a cheap shot, at least the way he saw it, like his face hit the dasher and it, it was, it you know, for preseason, there's no need to do that. So he was mad and he crash checked him, slashed him, hooked him, uh, Jimmy VC and ended up in the box of four minute power play for the Rangers. But like they technically, I think they called three minors on coil, um, in the same sequence. And you just don't see him get like that, but, uh, he caved in VC with literally just grabbed each other and kind of just like put him to the ground. Uh, it wasn't really a fight, but he had a goal in a fight technically in the same period. And you don't see that from him a lot. And I, it was, it was good to see his passion, I guess. I don't want him fighting though. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think it's the last fight he should ever be in. And then he, then he took another cross checking penalty in the third. So he ends up with two cross checking penalties and two roughing penalties. So I think he, I think he already blew the lady Bing. He's not he's not winning that this year. Can you uh, lose that in preseason? Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> gone. Does preseason count? But yeah, I mean, you know, on, on a more serious note, though, like yeah, I thought Charlie Coyle played really well. I thought that line, him, Martian, and DeBrusque, uh, even though they didn't, you know, didn't score five on five. Coyle's goal was on the power play. Um, I thought that was their best line for the vast majority of the night, and. Yeah, I do think, you know, maybe Coyle felt a little push there of, you know, hey, Pajas make making a push and not just to be on the team, but potentially to be a top six center. And Coyle played like someone who didn't want to move back to the third line. He wanted to stick in, in the top six. And I think because both of those lines found a little bit of a groove tonight, I feel like that's probably how they're going to start the season. Um you know, Coyle with Marchand and DeBrusque, Potter with Frederick and Geeky. And and I think that's fine. Like, I think that, you know, I made the case last time that I think Patra putting him with Marchand DeBrusque better utilizes his talent as a playmaker. And, and I still believe that, but I also think there's validity to, you know, 
keeping them away from top, top matchups to start protecting, you know, sheltering him a little bit and kind of seeing how that goes. So I get both sides of it. And the, and the fact that both those lines found a little bit of chemistry tonight, um, you know, kind of just adds to the case to, Hey, let, let's start with this and then go from there. Yeah, I'm totally fine with that uh, to start for the exact reasons you said, Scott. Like, I think long-term, I see the offensive ups- offensive upside of Patra on that second line. But to everything you just said, it's very true. Like, there's no there's no reason to necessarily opening night demote Coyle down to the third line. Like, let Patra get – now, obviously, it's possible he gets a nine-game trial, and so you might want to see him be put in a position to showcase what he can do and – does Geeky and Frederick allow him to do that necessarily? No, but you know what though? If he's good enough, they'll they'll keep him around. And um, and I, I'm just looking forward to the season because it's not often that the Boston Bruins have a teenager in their lineup. So I mean, the last time you can see that would be Tyler Sagan, and before him, I think I want to say Lucic's rookie year. Um, Maybe Kessel was, but he came out of Minnesota, so probably not. Maybe Sergey Samsonov, Joe Thornton. Like, it's not very often that they have teenagers in the lineup. So, um, I don't know if I had that on my bingo card at the end of last season going into this season. So, the fact that this is a reality, it seems to be, it's pretty exciting. So, he might start yeah. in the third line, but either way. Yeah, I mean, P- P- Pasternak what is one yeah, when he missed. Right, but, sorry. Yeah. Well, Sam, too. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, yeah I, think, I think that was. Probably, I mean, McAvoy was a teenager when he came out, at least for that playoff run. I'm trying to think if he was still a teenager that next but season. But yeah, I was gonna say it wasn't a full season, it was coming out of college for him. Yeah, but he when did he turn, turn 20? I don't, it, it might have been during that next year. I mean, I, we don't really like this is kind of semantics. Yeah. Um, my, my, yeah, it was he, he, he turned 20 December of that first full season. Okay. But out of so, camp, though, out of camp, though, like McAvoy didn't make it out of camp as a teen. I don't think Pashnak did either. I think Pashnak went to Providence first. Right. Like, Potter would be, I think, since Sagan, the first one to make the team out of camp outright as a teenager. Yeah, I think I think that, yeah, it's much less common for them to just come straight out of camp. And he has it a little bit in his favor that he doesn't have the option of going into the minors. Like, because of his age, it kind of forces – their hand a little bit more and not only that his play has forced their hand more than anything else but if he doesn't make the team i promise you i'm gonna write a very scathing op-ed on wei.com because he needs to be in this lineup i don't care if he's on the third line i don't care if he's on the second line to start you'll find where he fits best in time where his chemistry is who he plays well with you know what his strengths are what his weaknesses are but he needs to be in the lineup on opening night he needs a nine game trial. And if I'm, if I'm guessing he's going to be there after the nine games, like he's played well enough that I know you're like, Oh, he's 19. Oh, he could, you could convince yourself and I'm not convinced, but you people have convinced themselves he could benefit from juniors. Just let him play through it. You don't have a crystal ball. We none of us have a crystal ball. He could be a huge addition to this team. He could help the team out a lot. He's going to have his hiccups. Sure. There's guys around him that can teach him, maybe cover up his flaws a little bit. And he needs to spend time in the pros learning how to make those plays at NHL speed, shoot 
against NHL defenders and everything like that. Learn how to kill an NHL power play, like be on the penalty kill, but like let him do that all at the NHL level and figure it out because he's figured it out so far. I, I trust that he can still learn and grow. So I want him in the lineup day one and I want him there after nine games. I think he's going to just continue to prove everyone that he's supposed to be there. Yeah. I mean, I do think the concerns about like, how is, how is he going to hold up physically? I, I think that's legitimate. Like, I don't, I don't dismiss that. I mean, he's but like, his, but you haven't seen it yet. Like that's my thing. Well, you haven't seen. I, it well, yet. I know, but you've seen plenty of other smaller play. Let's remember he's five ten, one seventy five. 175. You've seen smaller players before who wear down. I mean, Fabian Lysel wore down in the AHL last year. Yeah, but you know, I, I don't know how we can just apply that to him. Like, we can't – We, I'm not willing to apply that to him. I'm just saying, like, he could go back to juniors and get stronger. It's hard to put on weight and muscle during an NHL season. Most guys uh, tend to lose weight during now. the season. It's easier now with the training staff they have there. Like I trust the pro training staff to get him on the right diet and workout routine to bulk during like, and to add weight and to, to do it in a way that you're not like making yourself slower, but he, the Bruins have the right people around him. I'm not willing to just like apply. I, I understand why people say it, but like, I just don't think it, I just don't think it, it matters at this point. If he's your, one of your top three centers, you're not just going to send him away. Like if he could be a solution for you on the third or second line, like he's not even on the margin, like he's in the middle. So I so I have, a, I have a question. So Scott, let's say that this was a Chicago Blackhawks podcast. Would you be saying the same thing with regards to Connor Bedard? Or would you say, well, he's such an exceptional talent. Yeah. I would make that exception, but, but, he's still a human. So like you still have to worry about the 82 games and, and losing weight throughout the season. Cause he's a small, yeah, but Connor Bedard's in a generational talent. So I don't, I don't care about it in that case, honestly. Well, um, why don't you just take no, but, my but, argument? But the talent, the ta- he is a generational talent, but my, but my point is it's like, there's, it's still an 82 game schedule. Like, and, and you don't want somebody to like get worn out or get hurt if they're physically not mature enough yet, like outside of the talent. So, you know, I, th- I think I also think that if this was 10 years ago, certainly 20, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, no, no, this kid's going to get eaten alive. But the NHL in 2023 is not the uh, physical grind it was in the past, just because the it's a lot, it's, it's a, it's a younger player's game. It's a younger kid's game. And I don't think it's as, I don't think it's as difficult on the body from a physicality standpoint. It is from a conditioning, but as far as like getting, getting the, you know, getting beat up every, you know, in the corners, every game. And it's a little bit of a different, you can get away with it easier nowadays is what I'm saying. Yeah. All valid. And it's honestly like, it's, there's the physicality on the ice. It's also, you know, it's all the flights, it's all the travel. It's just the grind of don't NHL games hater. every two days. Come on, Scott, don't be a hater. Let's, I'm let's not, not just, I, like, that's, we I think I've, don't, he can get enough sleep, right? I think I've been very clear for several podcasts now that he is a lock on my opening night roster. Okay, so. then, then, but so the problem is you don't well, think he's going to last past nine games? Is that the problem? You don't think he's going to last past nine games? I've, I have no idea. I, I want to see how he does. No, Scott's just, Scott's just looking at it from all angles. He's just saying, yeah, 
Yeah, that's all I'm saying. I, I'm no, just, I, I'm just not, I'm not committing to him for the full season yet. I'm committing to him for opening night and several games, hopefully nine beyond that. And I am. I see, just want to go on record. I just want to go on record as I am committing to him for the whole season, and maybe I'm right or maybe I'm wrong, but that's my take right now. <laughs> so we can circle okay. back at some point. So, but that's my opinion. What What if by game seven? He's getting buried in his own zone. He has zero points and uh, his minutes are down to like 10 minutes a night. And what if he has three goals and three assists in his then, first then night? Then, then fantastic. Great. What, okay. what is it about his, what is it about this situation, Scott, that he can't report to Providence at all? And can that change if he sticks with Boston longer than nine? Can he go down to Providence Eight. at some point? It's purely no. age. It's it's the agreement that the NHL and the Canadian Hockey League have where somehow the CHL, which for people who might not know, runs the OHL, the Quebec Major Junior League, and the WHL. Somehow they have enough power that they've been able to negotiate this over a long period of time that uh, players under 20, players who aren't going to turn 20 until... I think it's like January 1st or later um, have to either stick with their junior team or go to the NHL. And it's, it's basically been their way to fight like NHL teams, just taking all the good 18 year olds out of juniors and putting them in the AHL. Um, I don't, it's, I've never really understood like how the CHL has had that much power to keep this in place for so long. And I know there's been talk and I heard, um, I don't know if it was on tonight's broadcast or one of the other games, but someone pitched the idea of like, should te- NHL teams be able to designate one underage player a year that can be eligible for the AHL? And like, I think even that change would be good because it it just is odd to me. It's like the best thing for Matt Potter's development could very well be some time in Providence. So it's like the fact that you can't do what might be best for some players development is bizarre to me. Um, so I, I would like, I would like to see that change at least that you can say, you know, set a date. Maybe it's by October 1st, you have to decide which player you're designating or something, but the Bruins could say we're designating Patra as the one under 20 player that, you know, we can put in Providence or something like that. Yeah, and for the, like, just to clarify, he is ineligible because he doesn't turn 20 until March. Yeah. So, yeah, so the cutoff is January. He turns 20 in March. So um, most of the season, he'll be 19 if he sticks in Boston. Yeah, so there's, so there's no – so even if he stays beyond the nine games, there's no – if the Bruins want to send him down, it would still be to juniors. It wouldn't be to the AHL. There's some ways around that. There's like you can he can he can get injured and people watching on YouTube. I'm using quote fingers here and you can send him down for a conditioning stint. Um, You can also like work agreements with certain players like the occasionally the CHL will be flexible, which happened with Shane Wright, where um, Seattle was able to move him between. NHL, AHL, and even major juniors. He did all three in one year uh, when he was under 20. 
And that was because they got some sort of exception granted. So sounds like politics. Uh, yeah. Like serious politics going on. Yeah. Okay. So that's, yeah. So that, that's a good explanation. I, I know myself benefited from it and I'm sure maybe some of the listeners 